Ladies and gentlemen, your buddy Gavin Phillip, Buster Freestyle, doing a little October 13th baseball shuffle, bringing in a former guest who's been on before, I should say, Parker Barnum. Uh, He was the first ever guest for our Best Man Speech Podcast, which, by the way, I'm remiss to get another edition of the Best Man Speech Podcast up as part of the Filibuster Freestyle kind of podcast network. Anyway, tonight we're going to dissect a couple things related to the baseball playoffs. And the most kind of, I don't call it fascinating, but one of the interesting fan combinations out there is people who are both Yankees fans and Patriots fans. Parker happens to be a Patriots fan and a Yankees fan. And when I met Parker, um, when he was probably 17, 18 years old, uh, right around college time, he was definitely a Yankees fan. And I don't remember if he was a Pats fan then or not. Um, the Pats had not gone on to win any Super Bowls at that time. The Yankees were in the midst of that golden era. I think I met Parker in like the year 2000. Or, yeah, about that. And um, clearly, in the year 2000, I'm, I'm like fighting the urge to sing the year 2000 uh, Conan O'Brien song right now. But anyway, um, I digress. The uh, you know the Yankees were in the midst of like they won like I think three or four World Series in five years or whatever it was. They were going every year. So anyway, I, you know, I want to get into, get into Parker's head a little bit about what it's like to be a fan of probably two of the most hated franchises in North America simultaneously, but not have them be from the same city. And we'll go from there. Um, filibusterfreestyle.com. Check us on the website. Follow us on SoundCloud. Type in Filibuster Freestyle. You can follow us. Uh, actually, now on Twitter, they finally allowed enough letter characters in one's handle. So you can follow us at Filibuster Freestyle on Twitter. Also, same handle, Instagram. And then do me a favor. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please rate the pod, leave a review. If you are on Google Music Play with your Droid, same thing. Rate the pod, leave a review. In either case, subscribe if you haven't yet. Helps people find the show. And hell, do the old word of mouth. Tell friends. Or if we tweet something, like our tweet. Retweet our tweet. We appreciate it. Okay, theme song coming up. First, though, cities listening, places listening, countries listening, and all that jazz. Uh, Number one city in the world right now is Sydney, Australia. Good day, mate. Whether that was a good or bad accent, appreciate you guys listening. Chicago's number two. And Clifton, New Jersey, I think outside of New York City, number three. USA, number one this week. Uh, Australia, the country, was number two this week. And the UK, the United Kingdom, number three this week. All right. As I said, we will do a little uh, Parker Barnum after the theme song. Theme song coming up next on the Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster Watch out for the Filibuster. 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 Freestyle. Filibuster Freestyle. It's the Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster Freestyle. All right. Ladies and gents, he's back. It's been too long. It's my fault, not his. Parker Barnum joins us. What's up, buddy? Hola, hola, hola. Oh, como estas? Bien. Gracias. <laughs> that's, no, that's enough Spanish. Yeah, that was plenty of Spanish. Not, not that we wouldn't do more, but we neither one of us were planning on doing much Spanish tonight. So No, I, I don't know why I started there. It would be a tough ad lib just for me personally to go an all-Spanish podcast for the first time in five years. But, you know, I'm not saying I'll never, I'm not saying I'll never do it. It's just not going to be tonight. All the Eastern European fans would not appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, the folks in Siberia who are listening right now would just be like, 
Oh, now they're speaking Spanish? What the heck? So anyway, <laughs> good afternoon, good evening to Yakut, Siberia. We're glad you're listening as always. Um, or not. I'm not sure if we're glad or not. Um, but anyway, Phil Buster Freestyle, we're, we're so excited to have uh, Parker back. As mentioned before the theme song, and he's wearing his Yankees hat to prove it, Parker is a, a Patriots fan, as I am, and I'm wearing my Patriots shirt to counteract the balance here. That's true. And to bring synergy to our, you know, our shared love of the Patriots. But you're a Yankees fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. Everybody gets that. Um, so I guess the place to start, Yankees are about to start game two of the ALCS. They took game one against the Astros last night, seven to nothing, which is bad in, awesome. any, bad in any sport, really. Yeah. <laughs> so so how did you feel last night, and how are you feeling about the Yanks in general? Let's start there. Well, it sounds like uh, Stanton might be hurt again. Um, not that he's necessarily the, the straw that stirs the drink. I feel like that's our boy Glaber. Sure. Um, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The Astros are really good. Um, I think we're good. I don't know how good we can be. Um, you know, I'd love a World Series. It would be – they keep repeating this stat because, you know, we love bullshit sports stats. People love um, it, yeah. It would be the only decade um, that the Yankees had not won uh, a World Series in a hundred years, or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, um, I mean, it's just the excellence of the New York Yankees. It'd be nice. I guess. To, it'd be nice to like end that. Yeah, that was actually yeah. one of one of my questions for you. Was going to be how have these past ten years felt as a Yankees fan? Where you know, like you just said, at least once every ten years, usually more, the Yankees win a World Series. Yeah. It's, in the last 10 years, I've been a, a partial season ticket holder. I think the most games I went to, as pre-children, of course, um, was like 30 <laughs> games in a season. Um, and all up until this year where I didn't make a game um, for whatever reason. I watched a lot on TV, but that's life of a dad. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I don't know. They've kind of been all over the place. I think that the, the our process... Um, that Cashman started doing three or four years ago seems to be um, working itself out. Um, if you can call a process where we still spend $200 million um, a process. Um, but yeah, I, I think three or four years ago when we started trading off all of the assets and didn't make the playoffs, yeah. um, it, it's paying off now. So it, it's an exciting team to watch. I like it. Um, but it's been a really weird 10 years, right? Because they've still been good, but yeah. they've not been great right and in in between right it's like you deal with your red Sox who go from um worse to first back to worse again and that's something i don't really understand how that happens um especially like with 200 million dollar payrolls right? you know like yeah, yeah, yeah pay 200 million dollars to be the worst and team like in, the in this season yeah and this year right they still have like four of the best players yeah that still played really well forget about sale right like who knows what happened with that guy um, but Mookie and Xander, like all those guys were still nasty and they couldn't put it together. Yeah, offensively they were really solid. They blew I mean, it is what it is. I mean, teams have been there before. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like we were talking about when you first called me, I mean, last year for me as a Patriots fan, uh, a Red Sox fan, the Red Sox were, were juggernaut all year. Um, they, they, you know, they were wire to wire. The Patriots actually started off kind of slow last year like they typically do. And then put it together later, right? Um, this year, the Patriots are obviously out of the gates very fast, which feels great. And you're potentially enjoying the Yankees, who, 
to this point, are actually undefeated in the postseason, right? Because they lost, they didn't play the playing game. They swept the Twins, and they're off to a 1-0 start at Houston, playing game two tonight. So the Yankees are, are in a good spot, obviously, with a game in hand in Houston. So how do you like? How did you get to the point? I, I said earlier on the show you weren't listening yet. You you were you were a Yankees fan when I met you, right? Uh, I do not remember if you were a Patriots fan when I met you or not. The Patriots had not. not. Okay. So how did that evolve uh, into you becoming a Pats fan? I really loved Drew Bledsoe when I came to New England. Um, what an answer. What an answer. <laughs> uh, I really felt for him that night he went down in 2001. Oh, um, no, it, it, it sort of coincided with the rise of the Patriots. Like, obviously, when Bledsoe got there, they were sort of on the, the, the come up, right? But Yeah, they were terrible prior, right? It, to, but to that... They made the Super Bowl, right, with Bledsoe at some point? Yes, in 96, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was, they, they didn't really do anything until to that, until Brady came. And who knows if that team would would have done what they did with Bledsoe yeah. or whatever. I mean, I love uh, Touchdown Tommy as much as the next guy, but who knows. Um, but yeah, it was like three Super Bowls in four years, and that was my... Cemented my fandom. I was not an NFL fan prior to that. I really was just sort of like a baseball guy, like to the point where and I still talk to a couple friends about this, like reading box scores. Yeah, um, in the newspaper every day. I, me- I remember doing that as a kid. There was so much less. To- uh, like we still had. We had. What was that? No. It, it, there was much less to do. Um, we still had Sports Center, but it was like really the only access to sports that yeah. you had. Um, so when we got the the newspaper, it was like I just checked the box scores every day. Oh yeah, and the other thing about the Sports Center was they would just do like two a day, and they would show the same one four times uh, in a row, and then they would do it more at like yeah, lunchtime. I and, forgot about that. And then they would do one at night, but basically you got like three editions of Sports Center, so. If you wanted anything else, to your point, there was no internet. There was, you know, no cell phones, obviously. So you had to wait till the next day's paper came out, you know, or whatever, for, for in depth or for whatever they didn't cover locally on Sports Center. It's interesting, actually. I never thought about that, that it wasn't actually a live show. It was just a taped highlight show. Yeah. Right? Like now they're all live. You've got personalities on the hour um, around the clock. Um, but I guess I never really put that together. Yeah, they, they literally allowed them to be funnier, right? Like the the golden age of ESPN and SportsCenter, the Kilborn, the Olbermann, Dan yeah. Patrick. Like it was all it was. It's obviously still scripted, but it's probably much more reporting and ad lib now than it than it was then. Yeah, I think back then it was more of a testament to um, how can we get these takes right? How can we get these the show you know solid? And then. Um, when Oberman and, and, and Kilboard came in, it was like, how can we make this funny? As well as, you know, good. And I even remember the fake ESPN commercials. You know, when like, this is Sports Center in the early days? Yeah. Where they were talking about, oh, yeah, like, Bob Lee almost threw a perfect game. And then they showed him, like, making a mistake. And, I remember but, like, that. These days, you could never throw a perfect Sports Center because they do so much, like, throwing it to this guy. And, oh, we're going to go to this lady. And this person's on satellite. And, it's a lot, literally a live show, so there's no such thing as a perfect show. Yeah, because like it, everything is literally like live, you know. So it can't be perfect. Anyway, I'm glad you remember that one too. It was going to be an obscure reference. Uh, no, for sure. I, I, I mean, uh, of the canon, and there's probably 500 of this Sports Center commercials. That's that's up there. Yeah, exactly. 
The greatest one ever is Charlie Steiner. Follow me, follow me to freedom. Uh, Lord of the Flies. Um, yeah. And I believe he's been a Yankees. Uh, wasn't he the Yankees commentator for a while? Radio guy or something? Um, I know he did boxing. I can't remember. Like it's it's just been Michael Kay and John Sterling for forever for a long time, now. So I, yeah. I, I don't remember who did it twenty years ago. That's fair. Not your job to remember that. Uh, really quickly before we keep it on baseball, I see you're drinking a little beer there. What do you got for unofficial sponsor of the week? Um, what did I pour? Hold on, let me think about it. I'll get back. Yeah, to all right. You bring it. Bring it as a breaking news. See, this is what I mean. Live shows have to. Be oh, part- I know what it is. It's a Magnify Brewing. Uh, Love me, Doctor Sake. I don't know how you actually say it. it's S A I C. Okay. Um, it's got like a grill on the front. I, the cans downstairs, but yeah, Love me, Doctor Sack. Sack, sake, sake, anyway. sake. Tomato, tomato. All right. I didn't want. I didn't want to say sack because it sounds stupid. <laughs> Fair. Very cool. All right. So who who you live in New York or in the New York metro area? So maybe this is biased in terms of geography. What do you get more crap for from your friends, family, and random people? The Yankee stuff or the Patriots stuff? I mean, Patriots from living here, right? They're like, I don't understand how you're both of those. I mean, all of my uh, New England friends don't understand how I'm a Yankee fan, but that's just some deep-seated Boston bullshit. Um, right, and I mean, yeah, like I said, I met you. You were literally wearing a Yankees cap. Like, you never you never weren't a Yankees fan. Yeah. So you just made a really good football choice, in my opinion. So I can live with it because you were there first with the Yankees. But, yeah, in New York, in northern New Jersey, where I'm guessing Giants – I mean, just Giants and Jets and – yeah. If I'm a Jets fan, I can get why people like the Patriots. Because they were both bad forever, and then the Patriots <laughs> got really good. And that is what it is. But Giants, obviously, are a little bit of a kryptonite for the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, that must have been pretty tough to walk around after the helmet catch game. And Fuck he- Eli Manning. He's such a weenie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hot take. Hot, hot take. Um, but he's done, it sounds like. Daniel Jones is in. and. Yep. And Worst quarterback uh, that will ever be in the Hall of Fame is Eli. And yeah, and, and I'm talking about Danny Dimes, obviously. Oh, you think Danny Dimes is a Hall of Famer first ballot? First ballot for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's two and one as a starter. Absolutely. The way uh, he came out of the gate, he was the savior. He's like, this is who we've been waiting for. New York Talk Radio is going bananas. Like, um, just chill, everybody. I mean, pump the brakes. Give the guy. I mean, again, he. I hope he has a Hall of Fame career. Good for him. I. Uh, but, but. Let's let's like yeah, not anoint anybody. That's crazy. Small sample yeah. size. So, uh, like, do you ever really try to either mentally screw with people, or you just forget? And like, have you ever found yourself wearing a Yankees cap and say like a Patriots something? Or do you have you never made that mistake slash statement? I've definitely made the mistake before, and it confuses no one. No one really says anything because in New York, like, you can't. I, yeah, people. At least where I frequent, nobody would do something like that. Whereas if I went out in Boston and did that, I'd probably get mugged or something. I mean, no offense to you know Boston. No, I get it. I get it. It's a very, it's a very cultural place. Um, I mean, it's provincial. You know, yeah. it's really provincial. I mean, there, there are parts Sounds of New York City that you would probably get some looks. You just, oh yeah, you just don't typically have time to frequent them. Yeah, um, but I just feel like it's kind of a funny thing. Now the thing is, both, both. Franchises by this point kind of are synonymous with with excellence over a long period of time. Yankees obviously a longer period of time, um, so it's tough for people to say much to somebody. Like if you were wearing a, I don't know, like if you were wearing like a Jets sweatshirt 
and like an LA Dodgers hat. Cause like maybe, you know, like futility on futility, you know, and the Dodgers, you know, again, 106 wins this year, probably good for them. that they didn't make the world series again, because frankly, if they could lost three in a row, they'd be in Buffalo bills territory. That's generally how their fan base probably views it too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so actually I want to scratch that. Maybe you'd be wearing a Bills sweatshirt and a Dodgers hat and that'd be tough. So yeah. Or like a Braves hat. You don't want that. So anyway, um, all right, how much pressure do you think the Yankees have to get it done this year? To your point about the huge. decade, the huge pressure? I mean, I think it's still a $200 million payroll. It's Boone's second year where it's still kind of an experiment. They've got all these guys who are young, probably about to cat like Didi's about to get a new contract. Yeah. Um, Paying off John Carlo, Aaron Judge is still just sort of a home run hitter. I think it changes all of these guys if they win, right? I think it's an it's an enormous amount of pressure. Two two years ago, um, where we still couldn't get out of the the wild card, yeah, it was you know oh they're better than we thought. Girardi gets fired last year, still can't get out of the wild wild card, but it was like oh, but you know we've we've got a new mix, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. If they don't do it this year, I think, I mean, it's not the end of the world because the, the core is still there, yeah. but I think it, it would be a disappointment, right? Yeah, and it's kind of there for them. I mean, obviously, the Astros are really good, too, and I want to get into this series in a little bit. They're so we, good. They're, they're incredible. Um, and, and honestly, them them getting you know beaten by a touchdown last night was super surprising. Like, um, what was his name, Tanaka, the pitcher last night? I mean, he's a stud. Masahiro. Yeah, he's an absolute stud, right? So he he brought the goods, and I guess it was the first time the Astros have been shut out since June. So chances are they probably won't. I know that. Yeah, they hit me with the stat earlier. The crack research team named Joe Buck hit me with that earlier. (laughs) We signed Joe Buck to the crack research team, everybody. Breaking news in the freestyle. Um, but anyway, wow, the, the, bu- the budget's really gone up. Yeah, we got it. The unofficial sponsors are really coming through for us these days. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so so anyway, they're a very potent offense. They've got good pitching. Um, you know, obviously, you hope the Yankees win this series, and obviously, you probably think, especially winning one there, they've got a good shot. So, how are you feeling going into yesterday? How do you feel today about the ability to win the series? <laughs> I feel a lot better today than yesterday, right? Like, we've just not played very well against the Astros, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. particularly at Minute Maid Park. I think that they play really well there. Yeah, um, I think, like, Cole, Verlander, Granke, like, I don't know. Those are very, very good pitchers um, that we'll have to face twice. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think the fact that we were able to jump on Granke, heard some stupid stat of, like, we, <laughs> we, um, I was right there with them. I like um, it. You you were part of it. <laughs> swung, uh, swung at the first or second pitch on every at bat. Really? Like I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently for the Yankees, that because they work the count, um, that's Boone's. Uh, they're savages in the box, um, yes. as Boone likes to say. Um, they that that's not typical of them. They they just take pitches time and time and time again and just start fouling off so um that was like the, the key to the game was like getting aggressive um yeah. early uh, particularly with those pitchers who you know they're they've been around 10 plus years um and like to settle into a routine 
Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it clearly worked last night for sure. Um, and I can remember, so two years ago when the Red Sox were playing in the first round against the Astros, and they just got worked. Like, it was 3 nothing. It was just, just – and I'm like, man, this is the greatest baseball team ever. And they won the World Series that year, the, the Astros. So, you know, no shame in not being able to beat a team nobody else could. But last year I was in the same boat as you were. I was like, man, this is going to go seven if we're if we're lucky. You know, and the only way we're going to win it is in seven. And then, you know, the Sox found a way. And, and again, the Yankees are off to a good start. I'm not trying to throw any, you know, any jinx powder on it. I mean, it's too early. But it's really weird because the Astros are just such a juggernaut, especially at home. Um, so you got to feel good about getting one. Because I will say, Yankee Stadium, whether new or old, but certainly the old one, um, in the playoffs is just a different beast. And. Hold on. Yeah, I still got you. Um, and so Yan- Yankee Stadium is, you know, like just crazy in October. So if the Yankees can go back there and get it going, it's going to be hard for the Astros. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, there's no place like it. I've, I've, like I said, I've, I don't know, the new stadium, I've been to 75 games there, and I've been to two playoff games. And the two playoff games, there's probably the amount of people who were in the other 73 games combined. Yeah. Um, there's just – there's – there's no comparison to like a regular season regular season Yankee game to a postseason Yankee game. Everybody's geared out. Everybody's freezing and jumping around um, like a maniac. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just such a unique arc for like how the team gets constructed. Like most people don't build teams that way. Um, but yeah, I, I think any player that walks into Yankee Stadium, you've got to have cold blood if you're going to do well there and obviously we've lost games yeah. right big time and and stupidly um but it uh I, I i don't think walking into minute Maid park is quite the same right fair i think it's totally fair i agree with that um so let's let's switch gears talk about the nlcs briefly uh, just in terms of so you've got this nationals team that's been connected with failure since they moved from montreal um, they got rid of Bryce Harper. They let him walk. He goes to Philly for like three hundred million bucks, whatever he got. Philly goes like eighty-two and eighty-two. Manager gets fired. Gabe Kapler, most jacked manager in the league, and pride of the Red Sox. Pride of the Sox back in 04, You know, <laughs> and, and then you've got the Nationals who win a one-game playoff against the Brewers, kind of like with good fortune. Um, they absolutely like. Kind of did. I mean, they did. They they made it through their first round against the Dodgers, who's a great team. Um, and, and in a fifth game, dramatic win. Uh, and then they get a Cardinals team that put ten runs up against the Braves in the first inning of Game Five. That's crazy. And now the Cardinals can't score a run. Um, two nothing going back to DC. Obviously, DC does not have the playoff pedigree of the Yankees or the Cardinals or the Astros. You know, where do you see that series going? Do you care who you face if the Yankees are fortunate enough to get there? Um, I think I don't know that I, I don't know that I care. I think going back to your first question, um, from a national standpoint, right? I feel like DC is a city uh, hoping, praying, waiting to galvanize around a team. Like I, I don't know that the skins for any number of reasons, are going to be the team. They will not be that team. <laughs> not this year. <laughs> I think the Caps really um, did themselves a big favor. What was it two years ago? When yeah, they it was huge. And they won the hockey, yeah. 
Um, and I think, you know, the Nationals, they've always had, like, a couple guys. They've always had, like, a little bit of the, the mystique, but have never been able to pull it together. Maybe shedding Bryce um, was the way to do that. Um, I can't believe that Anibal Sanchez, who's pitched, like, 50 teams. Um, Almost threw to a hitter. That's crazy. Um, I was like, I didn't even know that dude was still pitching, let alone pitching game one of a, of a NLCS. <laughs> Seven and two thirds, one hit. Like, whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think I listen to PTI uh, as a, on the podcast, not the show. Sure. Um, and they like Kornheiser loves the Nats. He loves um, the Nats. Yeah. So they talk about him all the time. <laughs> um, so it's really like my my familiarity with them is through that show. Um, and I don't. I mean, I don't know that I want to face either of them. Like the Cardinals are a scrappy team. Like I, I think the Yankees, if anything, are probably. We, you could call us a little plucky or scrappy, but we're, we're we don't really fit that. Two hundred, yeah, two hundred million makes it hard to be scrappy. I mean, but that, but the same Astros, with the Red Sox, you know, same. Yeah, the Astros, the Nats, the Cardinals are those sort of scrap. Like they're professional hitters, like ready to, to dig in. They've got yeah. like a a guy like Yadier Molina, Scherzer, um, or like I guess who else on the Nationals like Zimmerman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. Been around forever. Like he's the guy that that needs to to make it happen. Um, and that's where like I worry about all of those teams because they are just sort of like they can play that David role really well, even though they've been really good for a really long time. Right. Yeah. See, the Yankees are the one team that, even though they have not been to a World Series in ten years. Nobody's ever going to look at them as an AL, an AL champion in the World Series and be like, oh, I really hope the Yankees win because they deserve it. But I will say this. This is a true confession for you. So 2009, the Philadelphia Phillies win the series against the Devil Rays, right? And I really hated that the Devil Rays even made the World Series because they beat the Red Sox to do it. But the Phillies fans, it was great to see them get a world championship. They hadn't won one in a long time. And they went nuts. But then they got real kind of like, they started acting like they were Yankees fans or Red Sox fans, which, you know, I am definitely talking down to them right now. I didn't appreciate. And so when the Yankees in 2009 played the Phillies, even though I was living in Philadelphia, I will tell you now 10 years later, I was very quietly like, I hope the Yankees win to shut these people up. Philly people, I'm, it's a it's a sports city I don't really understand. Exactly, I mean, they, because nobody hates their teams more than them. And and then they love it when they win. I mean, but nobody showboats more. Is. Nobody showboats more than them. But nobody hates their team in the second quarter of the first preseason game more than them. <laughs> like exactly. that's it. That's the fortune cookie. That's that's what it is. And and the the other side of the fortune cookies, they have to grease their telephone poles so people don't climb them. It's like the weirdest sports story I've heard. I'm like, I don't understand why they climb the telephone poles. Let me get this straight. Some guys that you don't know who wear laundry that you appreciate want a championship, and the first thing you want to do is shimmy up a flag, a streetlight pole. What a non sequitur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. 
guess some people like burn cars and shit. Like I don't understand the the telephone pole climbing. Uh, and then the counteraction to it of like, well, we're just gonna grease all of them so people don't do that. That was also the move because now the now the the pole climbers know that if they were to win or get into a, a series again where they could be the champs, that the move is to like climb poles. So you know the grease climber guys are gonna find a way to climb even with grease. I mean. Be, it just it ratchets it up, you know what I mean? It's it's the the city versus the fans versus you know they're gonna one up each other. And so frankly, there are no more streetlights in Philadelphia. And that's hot, a whole another that, that's a whole new problem. Hot take alert! That's gonna be a separate pod, right? So anyway, um, so anyway, the Yankees are about as lovable as they've been in a decade uh, because they haven't been in the series. And while I'm never gonna be okay, you know. <laughs> With like being like, oh yeah, I hope they win. Um, it's been an interesting kind of climb to see them like finally put together a Yankees-like year in terms of the regular season. Yeah. For the first time in a long time, because you know when I was coming up, you know '96 to '01, they were invincible even through '03. You know, and then obviously they won another one in '09. So, okay, I agree that you don't really want to pick who gets there. I think the a DC. New York World Series would be super interesting. Yeah. Um, so many Yankees have an international following. Okay. And no city has more bandwagon jumpers in terms of just random than DC. Like Philly jumps on and off their own team's bandwagons, but DC is a place where like 16,000 people are at the Nats game all year, and then it'll be $9 million a ticket to get into game one of the World Series. <laughs> Totally. And so I kind of want to watch like two power cities go at it, one with ultimate history and one with the history of the Montreal Expos. <laughs> well, and I mean, listen, I think you got to imagine that MLB wants that game too. Like they they don't want Houston St. Louis. No one will watch it. Well, I mean, they baseball can't. fans will watch it, but it's not attracting like a new fan. Um, and then whatever the other two combinations are, like, aren't kind of cut. Well, either. I mean, Yankees, Yankees, Cardinals is obviously like old school. We've seen, you know, it's probably the two biggest. I like, think the biggest fan base period, and then like the Midwest's biggest fan base, right? Yeah. Um, but I do agree that like the Cardinals don't move the needle in terms of like the, the juice. Like, like they're old. They're, they're like the. They're somehow a heavyweight without being a true heavyweight, right? The Nationals thing will be like a nouveau riche like wave. You know what I mean? It will be, you know, Wolf Blitzer and your boy Tony Kornheiser, and it'll be all these these people who just want to be seen at the World Series. And of course, Fox will be plugging, you know, the Simpsons and all their little actors, and it'll be whatever. So, does uh, does Donald J. Trump make an appearance on the first pitch or what? I mean, how can how can he not if the Yankees are playing the Nationals? I mean, I'd prefer he stays away, but yeah, I'm just curious. Like, I just don't know how that's the, where he flexes his muscle. Like, I just feel like from William Howard Taft all the way through the present, if the Yankees, sorry, if if the, the Washington baseball team used to be the Senators, now the Nationals, if they're in the World Series, you got to throw it the first pitch to be the president. You got to. Yeah. And now they're playing the Yankees, and he's a New Yorker, and whatever. What's the over-under on whether he makes it to the plate? Is he throwing strikes or what? I think here's the likely scenario. <laughs> I think it bounces, and I think he then says it was a strike. Yeah. No. He'll say it was a perfect 
It was a perfect strikeout pitch. It broke a little early, but the batter would have swung. Like it'll be spun immediately that it was a strike. Yeah, he he only throws junk. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he actually throws a strike because in his mind it was a swing and a miss for a strike, and that's okay. I but it's not okay. But it's you know. And then he dives back into his money bin and goes takes a few laps. Yeah, and the tea times at eleven thirty the next morning. It's all good. Whatever. It's all good. So. <laughs> But I think it's a good point. Good, good, good point. Like, if you've got New York versus D.C. and the biggest baseball thing, it's really hard for anybody to stay away who's got any kind of platform around baseball at all. It's just, I kind of want to see it because I feel like it will, like, break the system a little bit in terms of baseball. I agree. Uh, and, again, I, I like the Astros. They're fun to watch. They're really good at baseball. They're really dangerous. Cardinals always play good, efficient baseball. Their fans are really knowledgeable and nice. <laughs> But I, I, and honestly, the Blues beat the Bruins in an excruciating fashion in June. That's you got right. your Stanley Cup, so I'm sorry. I just don't want you to get a World Series too. Um, I might, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this: if the Yankees wind up playing the Cardinals, I might do what I did with Philadelphia nine, ten years ago. Perfect. See, it's once every ten years. Once every ten years. Even a broken clock is right. You know what I mean? In terms of in terms of sports allegiances, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to not have St. Louis start getting into this whole city of champions thing. You know what I mean? It's a payback. Did you guys ever in one of the recent World Series? Did you play the Cardinals? Yeah, I think we played them twice. Actually, we played them in '13, and we played them in '07. And that's uh, what I thought. Socks for two now. But before my time, 1946 and 1967. Sox played the Cardinals. Cardinals were two and out. So, uh, so there's the rubber match coming. So if point. we ever play again, it will be for the best of three, sorry, best of five, <laughs> ultimate, you know, baseball grudge match. But yeah, until then, I, I maybe have very to. Excited. I have to make the Yankees my maybe my vessel just for them. I will be just very honest them. with you. If it's the Nationals, I'm all in on the Nats. I just am. Yeah. And you get no, that. I, I I appreciate that. No matter who's playing. The Yankees. Most people don't. If they're not a Yankee fan, we'll not root for the Yankees. Dude, actually, I'll give you a fun little Patriots one to leave on, and then I want to ask you about. Well, I'll ask you this first. We should we should do some more of these postseason uh, pods relative to the Yanks. Let's do it. I feel like it will rate because they're a huge fan base, and the Boston ones have done well. Um, I try to be fair to Philadelphia. <laughs> I try to be fair to Philadelphia when we were playing in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Those did really well, so. I feel like the Yankees are the platform, so I'm going to deputize you as the Yankees correspondent here. And if you're in, I'm in. Uh, let's do it. All right, cool. That's how we book guests, everybody. You do it live on the air so they can't say no. <laughs> Secondarily, so I'm in. I'm, I'm with some friends the other night. The Patriots and Giants were playing Thursday night. We were, we were out watching it at a bar. I went up to get a beer, and uh, the Patriots had fumbled, or Tom Brady got sacked and fumbled. Whole bar loses their mind that the giant the giants are now tied, 14-14. And so I turned to everybody, I was like, Oh, you guys Giants fans? They're like, no, nah, I just hate the Patriots. And and it's real. And it's real. And for the folks who live in New England who live in the little bubble where you think it's okay, everybody hates Tom Brady. Everybody hates the Patriots. And it's really hard to be a Patriots fan and like people just hate you. People just hate you. like the Patriots. I don't understand this hatred of Tom Brady. Yeah, what did, he, what did he do? It's like, uh, I don't know, he's a good quarterback. He's and efficient? He, 
you know? He didn't take anything away from your kitty cats down in Charlotte. Like, chill. No, I mean, okay, there, we, there was that one Super Bowl. Yeah. But, but the Panthers, the Panthers made the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning with his noodle arm and still didn't win. So, like, that's on you guys. Yeah, that's that. That's on you guys. Like, who was the quarterback the first time? Jake. Jake, Jake DeLome, Jake DeLome right. yeah. Yeah. I will say this. Jake DeLome, it, the, living in Charlotte, you get way more Jake DeLome references than one would get in the normal life anywhere else in 2019. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I'm actually here for That's it. Exciting. Yeah. He was a gunslinger. And I'm like, yep. And then he started throwing pick sixes twice a game. They're like, yep, that's also true. So <laughs> you, live, you live long enough and you get an appreciation for Jake DeLome. Tell you what. Every, anything is possible. Um, all right, man. Let's leave it there. I'm excited to, to follow the playoffs uh, with you vicariously as a fan. Uh, I think it'll be fun. We will we will work out the schedule. I don't necessarily need you every night, but we'll we'll talk. Who knows? But uh, that's what post game shows are for. Anyway, Yankees Astros are playing now. I think it's still zero zero. I'll let you get out of the attic studio uh, to go down and watch it. But uh, stick around for a second. We'll catch up. Everybody else, for gosh shakes, rate the pod, like the pod, follow the pod, Apple Podcasts. Philip Buster Freestyle. Parker, thanks for being on, buddy. Thank you. Peace.